Well, praise the Lord and welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in the studio at Crossway Church, and we're just so excited to be gathered around God's Word with you today on this special day. Every day is a special day when you're walking with the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Learning to recognize the steps that he walks in, which is the steps of the way of righteousness. Psalms 85, 13. Praise the Lord. This is our first Peter Bible study that we're in on Friday morning. So I encourage you to get your Bibles and and uh, get ready to maybe take some notes and let the Lord minister to you through this teaching. Today's teaching will be here in 1 Peter chapter 3. This is part 8 on the 7th day of April 2023. And our, our overall topic today will be the focus of uh, uh, our learning to value suffering. Our learning to value suffering. Nobody likes to suffer. Nobody wants to suffer. But we can learn as the children of God to rejoice because of our suffering in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we'll see today, he suffered for us that we might be found in him, saved and found in him. He suffered and died so that we could have the life we have and all the things that comes through that life that's found in Christ Jesus. So that's what we want to do today. So while you're getting your Bibles and your pencil and your paper and you're getting situated there and getting ready to hear the word of the Lord today, uh, I want to remind you that everything we do can be viewed on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, or the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. And I just pray that you would avail yourself to that uh, more so in the days ahead so that you could learn Scripture in the light in which they were written, which is the righteousness of God. All God's words are in righteousness. His righteousness was only declared from the cross of Christ. It's only found in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's Romans 3, 25 and 26, Romans 1, 16 and 17. So write these things down just like a Bible college class. This is, might as well call it the school of the cross. These ministries that God is raising up today in this last few moments of this very last hour before he comes for his church, they're going to be focused on the sacrifice of Christ, God is speaking through the blood of his son from heaven, Hebrews 12, 24 and 25. And these men and these women, they will use scripture for everything they proclaim to you. They will, uh, 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 the Lord will use them, he will speak through them, and he will touch through them. You will recognize them, for they shall be ministers of righteousness, just as in the days of Noah, Jesus said, shall it be when he returns. And in the days of Noah, there was a preacher of righteousness. Hallelujah. That means a minister of the sacrifice, pointing everyone to the sacrifice. Hallelujah. And so let's look at this today. And let's start here in verse 16 and read through 18 and then backtrack and look at the main, I believe to be the main overall focus of this chapter. Let's do that. Verse 16, having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you, notice they're suffering there, as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. Notice there's suffering there. And remember what we discussed last week, the word conscience means co-perception. You're seeing what someone else is seeing. Here, that means you're seeing things the way the Lord sees the way they do. It's the only way you can have a clean conscience. It's the only way you can have a clean conscience if you're seeing, if you're co-seeing, co-perceiving that which the Lord sees, looking through that which the Lord looks through, which is only the sacrifice of his son. So verse 17, 
For it is better if the will of God be so that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. So he's still talking about suffering, but not for doing evil, but for well-doing. Of course, that's just really common sense, isn't it? That when I'm suffering for doing something wrong, I'm, I'm only going to suffer some more later. Also, I'm digging a hole, but when I suffer for doing well, God is going to take care of me. God is going to reward me. God is going to bring forth the benefits that come to me through my suffering for well-doing. So watch now. Let's read verse 17 again. For it is better if the will of God be so that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. Verse 18. For Christ also has once suffered for sins. Notice he points to Christ. And Christ suffered for our sins. The just... For the unjust, the topic here, the focus is suffering, suffering for well-doing, suffering for what Christ came to do, suffering more than any man would ever or will ever suffer again because he carried the weight of all the world's sins upon him. He suffered. The one who did not deserve to suffer, suffered. Those of us who deserve to have suffered for our sins have not suffered, but he took our suffering upon himself. Hallelujah. Isn't that good news, my friends? For Christ also has once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. See, there's notice here today, there's a move of God in suffering. Not self-induced suffering, not suffering for doing wrong, not suffering for being obnoxious, not suffering for having some religious spirit, but suffering for whatever the Bible calls well-doing. And that requires faith, deliberate and conscious faith in the death, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, so that legally the Holy Spirit can work the well-doing in and through us. All things that appear to be well-doing are not well-doing, and we end up not doing well because we thought it was well-doing, but it turned out not to be well-doing. And we're not doing well at the end result. But listen, men can look at something and call that good. How many, how many people leave a church on Sunday morning and say that was good or that was awesome or that was the best message I ever heard and it pertained not at all to Jesus? Never heard the word Jesus once. Never were pointed to the sacrifice once. And ministers today will say that's okay. That's okay. I promise you. It's not okay with God, and it's not well-doing, even though men would look at it and call it well-doing, a, a good well-service. I, I enjoyed that. That was awesome. That was great. That was, I mean, and you know, okay, we'll sit down and write a, a three-page report on why it was great to you. There, 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 do that. Sit down and write a report on why it was great to you. Not just one line, one sentence. Sit down and write why that, if that was the greatest message you've ever heard, sit down and write a three-page report on why that was the greatest message. Because great messages in God's eyes allow the Holy Spirit to do a great work. Never forget that. We call a lot of things good that are not good in God's eyes. The Pharisees were crucifying our Savior and thought it was good what they were doing. Now, it was good in God's eyes what his son was doing. It wasn't good what they were doing. It was good what his son was doing. Remember, Jesus said, no man take my life from me. But I have the power to lay it down and to take it up again. So what was good about the cross that day at Calvary wasn't what the Pharisees and the Jews were doing to Jesus. 
The good there at Calvary is what Jesus was doing through his suffering and his death. Come on, somebody. See, look at what God brought about through the suffering and the death of Jesus. The just was suffering for the unjust so that the unjust, uh-oh, could be just. Hallelujah. So there is a great value in suffering if it's suffering for the sake of righteousness, if it's suffering for the name of Jesus, not some denomination, not some preacher, not trying to, not trying to defend a preacher or defend a, 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 some, something called revival or defend some denomination. Uh-uh-uh-uh. No, no. There will be no reward, no good thing for defending anything other than our defense of the, go- the gospel, the message of the cross, uh, the sacrifice of Christ, the only way to heaven, the only object of faith for anybody to be able to live for God, to receive grace, to be saved, or grace to do anything. Hallelujah. Everything, everything else is outside of the operation of grace if it's outside one's deliberate and conscious faith in the sacrifice. Come on now. Hallelujah. Watch this now. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh but quickened by the Spirit. Jesus suffered in the flesh, died in his flesh. Some people teach Jesus didn't really ever die. Well, they're not Bible believers. My Bible says Jesus suffered being the just for the unjust that he might bring us to God. It took the suffering and the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, the shedding of his blood to purchase us, to justify us. We're justified by the blood. That means the death, but not just the death, the blood shed, the shedding of blood that caused the death. You got to understand that on the cross, on the tree. All that had to happen. It couldn't just be Jesus dying. It had to be dying by the shedding of his blood, and it had to be on a tree because of the old covenant scriptures that talked about the the one that hanged on a tree would be cursed. Jesus took the curse of the law, which was the curse of death, for us, away from us, onto himself, on the tree. Hallelujah. And he shed his blood. He suffered and died and shed his blood so that we could be justified by that death. Hallelujah. Being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Now, if we look over to Romans chapter 8, you got your Bibles there if you're not driving or working, and you look over to Romans chapter 8, verse 3, and you see, for what the law could not do in that it was weak, Through the flesh. The law was righteous, just, and holy, Paul wrote in in this same book, same letter of Romans. But it was weak through the flesh, so God, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. In our sin, was condemned by God. Not just our acts of sin, but who we were as the sin nature. God condemned that old man to death and forgave all our past sins. Hallelujah. Right there. Past, present, and future. The blood doesn't cover our sins. It washed them away. Glory be to God. So, Here we see Christ suffering for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. And suffering is going to happen. I know the Bible here says, for it is better, in verse 17, if the will of God be so. But listen, this really means since the will of God be so. Because our fellowship with the Lord 
is in the fellowship of his sufferings. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. You're going, you might not suffer for your faith in Christ for righteousness' sake every moment of your life. There will be lots of times you're not experiencing suffering. But if you are, listen, if you are living for God in Christ Jesus, you the Bible says you shall suffer persecution. You shall suffer. All they that shall live godly, listen, in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You're going to suffer. So it's just like the devil in the wilderness saying to Jesus, if you be the Son of God, that that really is rendered properly since you are the Son of God. Let me tell you something. If devils knew who Jesus was, Satan himself knew who Jesus was. Remember the, 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 the legion of devils, demons that Jesus cast out of that man? And they bowed before Jesus and begged him, called him as who he was, the Son of God, and begged him not to send them to the place they knew they would one day be going. Before their time, they even said. And if the devils knew that, demons knew that, Satan himself knows that. So back to the point, the rendering there was, since you be the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. It's obvious you're hungry. And the same rendering is here. For it is better, if the will of God be so, that you suffer for well-doing. And really it's, for it is better since the will of God is so that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. You're going to suffer. The Bible says it. All that shall live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Let's see if we can find that this morning since we're... that great here. So uh, anyway, you look it up, you'll find it. All that shall live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Here it is, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. It's kind of like me. It acts old and slow sometimes. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. Yea, get this now. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus, the only place you can live godly. I need to remember that for my Wednesday night teachings. All that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. No maybe, might. If you're living godly, you can only do it in Christ Jesus. And you're going to experience persecution, criticism. You're going to suffer for well-doing, especially in today's world, especially in the time we're living in right now. When the church is falling away, it's being seduced, it's offering its pulpits to homosexuals and lesbians, it's, it's got people who've, who, who, who've been determined to preach this message of the cross who are now offering their pulpit to other men who don't know it, allowing leaven to come in. And let me say this, when the leaven comes in, my friend, the whole lump is leavened. It don't matter what you're doing in a little amount of the ministry over here, when leaven comes in is allowed in. God says the whole thing is leavened. Doesn't matter what you're doing over here in a little bit. If the leaven comes in, God says the whole thing's leavened. Don't matter what you're doing over here, you've, you've allowed leaven in so the whole lump is leavened. Never forget that. You have to guard your heart. You have to guard your pulpit. You have to guard your ministry. It's not ugly. It's not throwing people away. There's going to be many accusations uh, by people who really don't mean any harm, but they've been saturated with the leaven, so they make comments that they, they really, they're confused, and, and, and that they're, they're walking. When leaven comes in and leavens the whole lump, there's, go, there's one thing that's going to be noticed, and that's a big-time contradiction. 
a massive contradiction. Going to be a huge comfort, uh, contradiction and, and between what I once said and what I'm now saying. There's going to bring a massive boatload of confusion. When leaven comes in and everything starts getting leavened, I, I, I start making excuses for everybody that's not preaching it. Well, they're saying the same thing we are, just in a different way. Th those are those are <coughs> great swelling words that allow the flesh and the carnal part of man to be puffed up. So it's, it's really, really all that. <coughs> when we don't guard our ministry in our pulpits, we're, we're, we're avoiding the suffering that would pl take place if we did well as we should be. Let me say that again. When we don't guard our hearts, when we don't guard our ministries, when we don't guard our pulpits, we're avoiding suffering that would be taking place if we were doing well according to the scriptures. Never forget that. And there's going to be, listen, there's going to be a huge, huge greater than ever before deception. It, it's, it's been bad for years. It's bad now. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. It's going to be, it's going to be amazing. And the only, the only sure anchor the only sure way you have to keep seeing, the only sure way you have to keep knowing that you're holding God's word correctly, that your feet are walking on the right path, is not because men tell you you are, but because the Holy Spirit is showing you Calvary in the word. Because you can only look there because that's what you're being made conformable to. You can only look there because that's where you find the grace for the power and the strength to endure the the suffering that you're going to endure in the days ahead. But, you, but many will opt out of living godly in Christ Jesus with all these made-up things that they have to say because leaven is leavening them. Leaven leavens you. It saturates you to where there's a blend now. And I may still be saying some of the right things, but I'm being leavened while I'm saying it. So now I'm changing my vocabulary with all the excuses that come through the carnal flesh of a man. So we will, we, listen, don't avoid suffering. And the only sure place of suffering is in the fellowship of Christ's sufferings. That means one's deliberate and conscious faith in the sacrifice of Christ. And you'll, you'll see that where it is because the, 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 these, the, this remnant, this, this remnant of those that God is raising up in these last few moments of this last dark hour in this world are going to be carrying this blood-stained banner. When they open their Bibles, listen, the truth of Calvary is going to flow out of that. Hallelujah. When they open their Bibles, they're going to be full of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Not, they're not going to be trying to put on a show after the carnal man. They're going to open up the scriptures and let the Holy Spirit expound Christ in the scriptures. Glory be to God. And it's going to bring suffering for those that do that. It's going to bring suffering. There is no avoidance of suffering unless I put the cross down. And then there will be suffering in the way that God didn't prescribe for me to suffer. Everybody suffers. The choice is which, will, which way of suffering will you choose. Everybody suffers in this old world of suffering. Let me say it again. Everybody suffers in this old world of suffering. The lost are suffering, the grip of death that Satan's got on them, a backslidden church, an ignorant church to the way that God works within the perimeters of one's deliberate and conscious faith in the sacrifice of Christ. They're suffering. The ones who are, are moving away from the sacrifice yet trying to say all the right words or maybe saying the right words but allowing leaven to come in, they're suffering. Those Then there's, the, then there's those that are going to be found in the fellowship of Christ's sufferings who refused to allow leaven to come in. Who, like Paul warned Timothy over and over and the people didn't like it. Uh, the same problems that we have today in the church trying to lure people away or block them from the knowledge of the place of being determined to know nothing but Christ and him crucified 
that, 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 that is a place all of itself of suffering, in itself, all of suffering. Everybody's going to suffer. Those who are wealthy with billions are suffering, though it doesn't appear to those on, they're suffering greatly. Listen, if it's hard for a rich man to enter heaven, that means they're suffering because the most important thing they need, anybody needs, is to enter into heaven, the kingdom of heaven. All right, back to our focus here today. And what I wanted to do, I believe the Lord wants me to do, is go back up in this chapter and point out some things that we most of the time don't see, that we don't recognize as suffering. And we're even given the answer over and over in this chapter for suffering. Because you're going to suffer. Whether you're not living for Christ, you're going to suffer uh, uh, for wrongdoing because it's wrong not to be living godly in Christ Jesus. And that can't happen, my friend, outside of a conscious, deliberate awareness of my faith being in the death of Jesus and my faith also in his death and what not only his pardon for me, but what he did to me at the cross. He got rid of my old man and created me anew in him, in his righteousness. So my faith is in his death wholeheartedly for the pardon of my sin, but for the newness of life I now live by the faith of my Savior in him. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. So watch this. Even in the first verse of this chapter, likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word. Listen, if, if there's a Christian wife who's got a husband who's either lost and not obeying the word, and he, and, he, and he is not obeying the word if he's lost, or he's backslidden away from God and he's not obeying the word, she's suffering. She's suffering, being married to him, tied to him, having become one with him. She's suffering to some degree, sometimes greater degrees than others, but there's a level of suffering in a wife being married to a man that's not living obedient to the word of God. There is suffering in that. And he even gives her the answer here. And he says, don't be trying to win him with any outward adorning because it won't work. But let it be the hidden man of the heart. Verse 4 gives the answer for this. The, the, the hopefully God would move, but, but first he's got to move in her. He, he's got to be able, he's got to be given the, the, the liberal, the liberality. He's got to be given the right to move in her. And, and the right God has to move in anyone. Remember, he's a gentleman. He's not going to just do stuff and make you do stuff. He's give, he gave you a choice to believe in Christ, to be pardoned. And he'll give you even a greater, another choice rather, to be, keep believing in Christ daily, Romans six sixteen to keep your faith in the death of Jesus so that that double part, that second part of the double cure can be working in your life. That hidden inner man can be seen by others. So let's go through this chapter. But that was the first one, a, a Christian woman being married to an ungodly man and that he is if he's not obeying the word. I don't care how worldly nice he may give you the shirt off his back, change your flat in a storm outside. You know, those are good things to men and they are blessings to those they happen to. But listen, that don't mean he's saved. The Bible, Jesus taught us that it's not good. No, that's good for the person that's happening to, but in God's eyes, can't nobody that's not being obedient to the word do anything good. Not in his eyes. And that's whose eyes before who we should be carrying on our lives. Amen? Not just other people. That's where we get into big trouble. And a whole other avenue of suffering comes when it's people we're living for and fearing and not God we're living for. And it's not the fear of the Lord in our heart. Everybody's going to suffer. I didn't intend on saying that today, but boy, that's good. Everybody's going to suffer. I'd rather suffer for Christ, the name of Christ, the righteousness of my God, than to suffer for wrongdoing. And, and all suffering, 
for, for wrongdoing comes because of the object of our faith not being in the death of Jesus. Let me say that again. All suffering for wrongdoing is because our faith is not deliberately and consciously in the sacrifice of Christ's death. you got to understand that. You say, well, I don't have to have my faith deliberately and consciously there. Then you must be the type of person that believes that someone could be saved, born again without having their faith consciously and deliberately. I'm aware of what I'm hearing, the gospel, and I'm believing it, and I'm believing it. I'm believing Jesus died in my place. That is you consciously and deliberately believing from the heart that Jesus died in your place. And when it's from the heart, it changes the life. When it's from the heart, the mouth begins to speak because faith speaks. It's the righteousness of faith that speaks. Never forget that Romans chapter 10. Look it up. It's the righteousness of faith that speaks. And the righteousness of faith is only experienced when one's faith is in the word of God in the context of Christ, the righteous one, and the righteous work Christ carried out at Calvary. Never forget that. So let's move on through this now and see these other places of suffering mentioned, hidden in this chapter that don't really come out and t- say the word suffer, but there's suffering here. And this is the, 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 heritage, the, the heritage we have of Christians is having eyes to see and, and, and the Holy Spirit helping us find the great truths in God's Word that are hidden, not from us, but for the hungry and thirsty to go and find. So he says here in verse 9, watch this. Not rendering evil for evil. That means there's evil being done, and you're told not to be evil back to them. There's suffering taking place. When evil is being done for you, and you're being tempted (coughs) to be evil back to them, that's suffering. That's suffering. And right there is where we, we may not be thinking about it, We may not be conscious of it. We need to be. And if we're becoming more experienced as the good soldiers that we should be, we're going to to find ourselves in those moments as a good soldier is what I need to do in those moments. Because what I'm really offered here is the choice to not suffer in the wrong way. Because I'm going to suffer. I'm going to suffer. But if I give evil back to those who are doing evil to me, that's going to be a suffering that I'm going to be a part of that God can't honor and can't reward, and I won't find His strength in it that I need. But where I will find His strength, what He will honor, is when I refuse to give back evil for evil when I choose to fellowship in Christ's sufferings for me to overcome. See, I can't just read this and say the next time somebody does evil for, to me, I'm just not going to be evil back to them. I, I'm just, I've made up my mind. I'm not going to be evil back to them. My friend, let me say to you that if the cross of Christ plays no part in your not being evil back to them, well... There are people who have a strong willpower and who can do things in their own name, their own family name, their own denominational name, their own preacher's name, their own name, whatever. If the cross of Christ in your union with Him in His death is not your avenue of faith to overcome evil being rendered to you, then you might have done good today. But tomorrow's coming. You can count on it and you know it's true. So here is, a, here is another something that shows us suffering. It didn't say suffer, but when you're, someone is being evil to you, they're suffering there. And the, 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 the evil that's here is being, that's being talking about being done to you and me is for our Faith in the righteousness of Christ. Our faith in Christ. 
And we're told not to render evil for evil and don't rail back when being railed upon. All y'all ever talk about is the cross. Y'all are just a bunch of elitists. Y'all, all y'all want to do is, is talk is, is talk about talking about the cross, preach about preaching about Christ. All these words that are swelling words for the carnal flesh of man to pull men away from the determined place of remaining in the fellowship of Christ's sufferings. Faith in the sacrifice. That means I'm given to my Savior there. I gave my heart to the Lord. Is, is he able to keep it? Yes, he is. Am I able to do with it what I want to? Yes, I am. Am I able to choose to do evil back? Yes, I am. Am I able to choose to, to rail back at those railing to me? Yes, I am. But am I able to choose to keep my faith planted in my union with Christ in his death? Keep my faith in his death in my union where I was planted with him, that place that evil can't touch me, that place that railing toward me mean absolutely nothing. They did it to him. He suffered for me. He endured the cross, hallelujah, for the joy that was set before him. He, uh, uh, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. The joy of the Lord that he endured the cross the, the, by faith, that he saw before him, that joy that was set before him, that's the joy of the Lord. Nehemiah chapter 8, isn't it? That, uh, that's our strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Jesus endured the cross. He, he endured suffering so that the unjust could become just, but not just have a justified status, but be able to that through that same power of my Lord's suffering and his death for me in him to be able to stand in this liberty, in this freedom, when evil is done to me. I'm hidden in Christ from the place, in the place from which evil can't touch me. The Bible says that. Let's look over, if we can, this morning, just to help us. I believe it's 1 John chapter 5. Again, if I can bring this up, if I'm right, uh, watch this now. 1 John, we're talking about being in Christ, hidden in Christ, hidden in God. It takes your faith deliberate and conscious faith, awareness of your union with your Savior in his death, that he put the old you away, buried him, took him to the grave, and when he arose from the dead, the only one that came up with Christ is the new creation that you are in him, and you're hidden in him. And if you learn to walk in him, that means you're learning to walk in the hiding place. Hallelujah. And the evil one can't touch you. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Watch this now. First John chapter 5, verse 18. God tells us we're going to suffer, but he tells us there's a place where the evil one can't touch us. Uh, there's a place we can find the grace of God not to be evil when we're having evil done to us. There's a place we can find our steps walking when we're railed against for being determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified for not allowing men in our pulpits who can only bring forth leaven. That's all they can produce if they don't know the way of the cross for living for God. All they can do is put a little leaven on the table and bring much contradiction and much confusion. There's a place we can be protected. There's a refuge. It's in Christ. That's not just a figment of my imagination. It's where this measure of faith I've been given allows me to exercise it and define myself in Him with strength to overcome. Hallelujah. Watch this. 1 John chapter 5, verse 18. We know... We know 
that whatsoever is born of God sinneth not. He's talking about the new creation in Christ, the new man. He, he's in Christ. He don't sin. The, the flesh and, and that old residue of the old man, the residue of the old man, he, he, that, 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 that produces that law within these members that, that constantly tries to get us to put down the cross uh, to allow somebody else to come in preaching something other than the cross. That old fleshly residue. Listen, we know that whatsoever is born of God, that's the new man. The old man was put away. Most Christians don't know these things. The old man was crucified dead and buried, put away. He was not born again. The new man. There's a new man. Amen. You had a lost soul that's now been saved, and you had a dead, severed from God spirit, and you've been given a new heart, and a new spirit. Ezekiel prophesied this would happen. You've been given, your soul has been saved. Your spirit is now an alive spirit. Romans chapter 8, verses 9 and 10 says, because of righteousness. That means because of what Christ did at Calvary as the Lamb of God. Watch this now. We hadn't got to the, the part I want to get to in this 18th verse of 1 John chapter 5. We know that whatsoever is born of God sins not. The new man don't sin. But he that is begotten of God keeps himself. And that word, keeps himself, means guards himself. He that is begotten of God guards himself, and that wicked one touches him not. Now you got to understand, that word touches, the, the enemy's not allowed to touch us, and you say, well, I felt the enemy. The, this, the wording here means to attach oneself to. He's not allowed to touch you and attach anything to you in Christ. And, and that, listen, you got to understand some things. Your position is settled in Christ at the right hand of the Father right now as a child of God. But you're also here walking out your condition, and if you don't know how to walk in Him, then you won't be able to experience the fruits of your justified position in your condition. And the enemy will be able, listen, he goes to and fro seeking whom he may devour. That was written by Peter, listen, to Christians. That was written by Peter to Christians. The, who's the devil able to devour? Those that are living according to the flesh. Those who are doing evil back for evil. Christians, those who are railing back when being railed at, those who, listen, the devil is able to devour wherever there is flesh, flesh. If we're, the, the Bible tells us that. If we live according to the flesh, we shall reap death. But those who live after the Spirit shall reap death eternal life. Amen. So I wanted to bring this out in, in, in verse 18 because when it says there's a place the devil can't attach anything to you. He can't attach evil to you. He can't attach uh, 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 fear to you. He can't attach oppression to you. But he can't. he's allowed to if you're not walking in what you have in Christ in your position, if you don't know what it means to walk in Christ, if you think walking in Christ means going to a church or reading your Bible, you're going to suffer unjustly. You're going to suffer for the wrong reasons. Going to church, reading your Bible, studying the Word of God are great things. But in and of themselves, they cannot, they cannot keep the enemy from touching you in your condition. Listen carefully. The Bible says very clearly in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, that we are to walk 
in Christ the same way we received Christ. That means our faith has to deliberately and consciously, moment by moment, be placed in the death of Jesus. That's where I'm hidden. That's my refuge. That's where the grace of God comes through. What Jesus did for me at Calvary as the Lamb of God for me to be able to experience in my walk in Christ what I have positionally in Christ. If you don't know this, your whole Christian experience here is going to be one big contradiction, one big ball of confusion, one big uh, uh, life of suffering for the wrong reasons. When I knew I shouldn't have, but I did. I knew I should have, but I didn't. Now, we all experience that, but God's got a way for you not to have to experience that. So we don't make excuses for sin. God sent the answer for sin, whether it be the sin nature being put away <coughs> or even the flesh, that within this flesh, even as a child of God, we've got a law at work there. Paul wrote about in chapter 7 of Romans that's at work there to try to keep us from doing well at all times. You Listen, you can't shut self up that selfish thing, that three-headed monster of me, myself, and I, you cannot shut it up. You cannot run it away. It will never go away, but you've been given the power of Christ, the power of His Spirit to deny that selfish thing. Remember, that selfish thing is what brings most of our wrong, wrongfully suffering. That selfish thing is what brings all suffering that's not suffering for the righteousness of God, the name of Christ. Not your preacher, not your denomination. Christ's sacrifice. That's where you'll be found in the fellowship of the only sufferings God honors, rewards, and give strength to be able to endure. Outside of that fellowship of those sufferings, the sufferings of Christ, our fellowship is in the sufferings of His death. There's crazy people, man. They go out and try to suffer. They, they, they're obnoxious. They, they, they want to suffer. That's where many religions and cults know that suffering is right, but it's never self-inflicted suffering. It's, get that, self-inflicted suffering. That's what the, the Catholic the demonic group of folks have done for years and years. Beat whipping themselves, sleeping on hard floors without pillows. Even Christian, true Christians, because they don't know the double cure, because they don't know that God only works within the perimeters of one's deliberate and conscious faith in the death of Jesus, then they will they will deny themselves of sugar in their tea or sweets, or they'll deny themselves of this, that, or the other. Uh, and call that suffering when that's not the fellowship of Christ's sufferings. That's just by their own willpower in the name of the Lord, but their own willpower denying themselves of things. Listen, listen very carefully to this powerful statement. If the result and the fruit of our denial of self is not the fellowship of Christ in his sufferings by our taking up the cross to be able to follow him. Whatever we're denying is not the power of the Holy Spirit doing it. The Holy Spirit will only give us the power to deny self if we take the cross up. Self was only denied and overcome and destroyed and put away at Calvary. Any other denial of Self is just self denying self. You got to see that. You got to know that. Let's get back to this now. So we read verse 9. 
Look at verse 10. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. See, there's always a temptation there when evil and railing and guile is coming at you. that You're being tempted and you're, you're having to endure suffering for things that are coming your way But that's when we choose which suffering we're going to be a part of. Again, it's the fellowship of Christ's suffering that we're partaking of. That's where our communion is. And that's why these local churches God is raising up of men and women who are becoming determined to know nothing else except this message that God says is the power of God. God says is the saving place, the sanctifying place, the place where we meet with Him and are instructed by Him and find all the provision of our God in Christ Jesus through faith in His death, the sacrifice. Glory be to God. And here he goes on to say, Uh, In verse 10, for he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile because we're tempted all the time. We're tempted all the time. Let him eschew evil, and that word means turn away from evil. We're always tempted by evil, some type of evil, and we're told to turn away from it and let him seek peace and pursue it. But we're always tempted not to to seek peace, but to be seeking our own self-will. We're always tempted not to pursue peace, but our own way. We're suffering, and I've said a mouthful today, suffering is inevitable for everyone on the planet. It's which way of suffering we're going to go. Hallelujah. Listen. For the eyes of the Lord, let's read verse 12. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Now this is written to Christians. Lost people can't hear this. Lost people don't know. Lost people, the Bible says spiritual things are only discerned by spiritual people. And that means born again people. You can't see the king, you can't enter the kingdom or even see it, anything about it, until you're born again. So this is written to saved people. And so saved people are being told that the Lord will hear the prayers of the righteous. His eyes are over them. He's going to hear the prayers <coughs> of the righteous. And <coughs> But his face is going to be against <coughs> them that do evil. So the way of righteousness here is contrast to the way of evil. You and I, if we do evil to those who are doing evil to us, our prayers are going to be hindered then we're not going to be found, listen, walking in the place, walking in Christ where our prayers are effectual and fervent and will be found, God will be found through them availing much. But not, not, listen, not while we're doing evil for evil and railing back to those that are railing on us, not when we're speaking guile to those who are speaking guile to us. Come on now. Verse 13, And who is he that will harm you, their suffering, if you be followers of that which is good? You can't be touched. The enemy can't attach anything to you. He can't harm who you are in Christ. That's why you and I need to learn to be found walking in Christ. Glory be to God. Oh, my goodness. Watch verse uh, 14 now. But, and if you suffer, this is where we started, since you are going to suffer for righteousness' sake, if you're (coughs) living godly in Christ Jesus, happy are you. Happy, that means blessed are you. God calls it blessed to suffer for well-doing, for righteousness sake. See, and notice this, very powerful here, very instructive here. Listen, well-doing is righteous doing. And it does not exist 
outside of a faith that's placed in the death of Jesus. There's never been a good act, a doing of anything that's well in God's eyes if it's not Christ doing it in us and through us by His Spirit. you got to be honest with yourself. How much in a normal day do we do that is really not a, an act of righteousness by the Spirit of grace working in us and through us? If you're honest, you'll say, well, you caught me, yep. See, it's the honest man who beats his chest. It's the honest man, not one trying to put on a fake it till I make it. Not one who trying to pretend. Not one who trying to uh, live under the legalities of the works of the law. It's, it's the man who, woman who beats on their chest and says, Lord, be merciful to me. Oh, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you that he suffered for this unjust vessel that I might now be able to have the liberty and the freedom and the grace that brings the strength in Christ Jesus. Paul wrote to Timothy in the second letter of Timothy and told him, be found in the grace of God, the strength of God that's found in the grace of God. Be strong in the grace of that's found in Christ Jesus. Be strong in the grace that's found in Christ Jesus. That means through faith in his death. How many people have you ever heard said, well, I got a court date coming up. I need to get back in church. Their faith is in a work that they're about to do, which is going back to church. Going to church is a good thing, but if your faith is in it for God to do something, my friend, you've missed the boat. That's not well-doing for righteousness' sake. Well-doing for righteousness' sake only flows out of a faith that's in the death of Jesus. Know this. According to your Bible, the Scriptures, all fruits of faith is the fruit of righteousness. It is the righteousness of faith. It is the righteousness of faith that even speaks, Paul wrote in Romans 10. It is the righteousness of Christ. It is the righteousness of His work performed on the cross. It is the righteousness of that faith by which we live and by which we move and by which we have our being and by which we speak. Oh, hallelujah to the Lamb. Oh, the truth will help you if you would know the truth and keep your feet in the truth. Verse 14, let's finish here. But, and if you suffer for righteousness' sake, blessed are you. And be not afraid of their terror, the suffering that's being, you're tempted to, you, well, you're going to, to have to suffer through their terror. But he tells you, don't be troubled. Don't choose to go that way of suffering. Don't accept the suffering that comes from them attacking you, the troublemakers, those that want to bring terror, those that want to milk down and dilute the gospel and begin to move away, those that want to make excuses for not being determined to know anything else, those who make excuses for allowing other people to come in and put leaven on the table. Listen, don't be moved through the suffering that's there. You're experiencing by that, that attack towards you, but rather reach through a deliberate and a conscious faith to remain in the fellowship of Christ's sufferings where you learn the power of His resurrection. Mm. If you know the power of the resurrection is the cross of Christ, my friend, you're going to learn to stay hidden there. The power of the resurrection is the cross. <laughs> It's what, a, it's, what allowed, it's what allowed the resurrection to take place. Hallelujah. 
And there's where your fellowship in Christ's sufferings will walk you right through all the sufferings of this old world. Those sufferings that you don't need anybody else around to, 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 to experience. You got enough, just that old flesh at work, that old law at work in your own members, my friend. But Jesus answered through his suffering. Everything we will ever need is found in his death at Calvary if we keep our faith there to be able to endure all things through Christ Jesus who will strengthen you. Praise God. Praise God. It's been a great broadcast today. I hope that the Lord was able to reach into your heart and deposit some truth today. I pray that he touch your body, your soul, and your spirit today. I pray that his rebuke that flows all the way from Calvary's cross, that touch would be upon your physical body today, your mind and everything that pertains to you, and healing would be seen by his merciful and miraculous hands today in the name of Jesus. Don't forget, we'll be here Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Tune in for the worship service. The message on Resurrection Sunday will be, The grave is empty, but our hearts are full. Hallelujah. If the Lord stirs your heart to be a part of this ministry prayerfully or financially, please do so. You can do that by praying for us, and you can give an offering to Him through this ministry at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. I love you. Until I see you next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.